Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. They said it couldn't be done. Some said it shouldn't be done. We said... Guess what? We have a big old computer, so we went ahead and did it. Why? Because... The bigger the computer, the better the website. That's right. We got us a big boy Commodore 64 for the people, Elizabeth. And so now we also have... Our very own website. On that website, you can find newsletters, dogs wearing sunglasses, surveys, hackings, silly little dancing pictures. And most importantly, merch. That's right. You can get a Ridiculous Crime t-shirt. Please go to RidiculousCrime.com. And yes, we do have a passion for design. Ridiculous Crime is a production of iHeartRadio. Zarin. Elizabeth. You know what's ridiculous? I do. And actually, I'm going to need producer Dave's help on this one. Okay. Okay, so... Producer Dave, have you ever heard of the Sri Chinmoy Self-Transcendence 3,100-mile race? Sure. Well, I've heard of Sri Chinmoy, but I have not heard of the race. Okay. So this thing, I mean, I shouldn't say it's ridiculous, but it's ridiculous to me because the only way you're getting me to run a 3,100-mile race is if you had a person with a gun behind me for (laughs) 3,100 miles. But anyway, (laughs) apparently this is a race. It starts at 6 a.m. to midnight. That's how long it runs. And it's a competition that lasts for 52 days. Oh, my God. Yes. And it's the longest road race in the planet. And it it takes place in New York City, of all places. Wait, what? In Jamaica, Queens. You're supposed to run this mile, like half mile loop in Jamaica, Queens. And you you do it until you reach self-transcendence, apparently. For 3,100 miles, you're running around New York City. Just in a circle. For 52 days. Just on a track? Every day for 52 days, you get up and you run this certain amount of miles, oh, whatever it is. Man. Like, yeah, like it's insane. And apparently, this is like enough of a praxis that you can get to self transcendence. And for me, once again, you would need the gun, but uh-huh. you know, yeah. apparently. So, Dave, I, is this something you do as a runner? Is this? I think I did it and I just got to such a deep state of transcendence that <laughs> now I can't recall God. any of it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You've moved on to a whole new plane. If someone was behind me with a gun, I'd just be like, all right, do it. <laughs> just shoot. <laughs> I'm not running 3,100 miles. I'll just, you know, give me the sweet release of death. That's ridiculous. Right?
Uh, do you want to know what else is ridiculous? Oh, girl, do I ever. Stealing a heart. A saint's heart. <laughs> <laughs> This is Ridiculous Crime, a podcast about absurd and outrageous capers, heists, and cons. It's always 99% murder-free and 100% ridiculous. You don't get to hog all the stolen body parts stories, Zarin. What? I, I, want, all, it, I want in on it. All right, have some fun. What do you got? I have stolen body part stories of my own. Do you? Okay? You know what? I'm my own woman. <laughs> This one isn't grave robbing. Uh-huh. There's no brain in a jar, which I can say that thanks to you, if I see anything about Einstein now, <laughs> I immediately think of your story about his brain and I feel a little sick. So, He's bobbing around in yeah, glass. So thanks for that. <laughs> that candy jar of yeah. brains. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, the story I'm going to tell you, my brother in Christ, is yes. about a relic. Uh-huh. Relics are important in a lot of religions. Oh, hell yeah. Like the physical remains of a holy person. Yeah, like the bones of a saint. Sure. uh, Catholicism is the biggest purveyor of this. But other flavors of Christianity, as well as Islam and Buddhism. I know Buddhism's big on it. I didn't know other flavors of Christianity did it, too. I thought it was just the Catholics. People hear about relics. You know, they're being recognized more and more. (laughs) They've done an amazing job. Uh, A lot of people, though, they have tears in their eyes and they say, sir, sir. I find it super gross and creepy and weird and kind of goth. And to that I say, hold on to your pants, Mabel. (laughs) It's pretty normal for most of the world population. Go back to the mall is what I say to those people. Yeah, you're fast today. I am. Zarin, you went to Catholic school. Yes, I did. I can confirm that intel. Uh, Even so, I'm going to woman-splain this to you like you have no idea what I'm talking about. I like it. Okay, so a church altar cannot be consecrated without a relic. Mm. Okay? What's an altar? Okay. Yes, okay. (laughs) (laughs) And it has to be a first degree one, too. Ah, yes. Um, Are you aware of the various degrees of relics? Um, like, like, uh, I once had a 3D relic. No, no, I don't know. Any of that <laughs> well, it's kind of like, how tell we, me, please. It's like how we rate burns or karate belts. <laughs> so first degree uh-huh. is any body part, hair or blood from a saint. Okay. Blood. Blood. Most yeah. likely on cloth or something. I yeah. Imagine. You okay. know, just like in a little Dixie cup. <laughs> um, the second degree yes. is something that the saint touched or used in their lifetime. Ah, like a holy pen. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then the a pair third... of holy loafers, maybe like the, <laughs> the Pope's shoes. The holy loafers. Third degree is mm-hmm. something touched to the saint's grave or over their corpse. Okay. So just like in the proximity. First degree, super intense. Yeah. That's organic matter. Mm-hmm. That's sweet, that nasty, that gushy stuff. <laughs> that was so gross and inappropriate of me. <laughs> Mea culpa. I have to say, like, I know that I'm going to be struck down for everything I do today. And no, that's okay. Yeah, I've been leaning back this whole time. That's okay. The second degree is like mm-hmm. when someone tells you about how they went to high school with a famous person. Oh, yes. Uh-huh. Like, it, the worst is if that famous person is like a YouTube personality. <laughs> is that even actually famous? Like, I went to high school with Damn Daniel. You're like, I don't know. <laughs> Damn Daniel. <laughs> Extending this metaphor, third degree is like if you tell someone that you were eating lunch with a celebrity, but they were actually across the restaurant from you or they were like leaving as you arrived. Oh, yeah. Like that time Tyra Banks was across the restaurant from me. Exactly. And I was you like, she saw me. Oh, she saw me. Yeah. You're like, well, you tell people like, I had lunch with Tyra Banks. Yeah. Tyra and I, we were like here. We were at lunch. That's yeah. how you put we it. Lo- I lunched with Tyra the other day. <laughs> so to sum up, first degree <laughs> okay, is uh-huh. if you had a bloody chunk of Paul Rudd's scalp. Uh-huh. 
And then <laughs> and you kept it in your karate bag. Uh-huh. The second degree would be if you bought Paul Rudd's Peloton Funtime Rider Machine uh-huh. after he lost his home in a foreclosure. Okay, so it sounded like Paul's Rudd sweat on it. Yeah, things went bad and yeah, he lost his home. Paul You're Rudd, like, oh, I'll buy I it. I got that sweaty seat. Yeah. Third degree is if Paul Rudd is a client at the accounting firm where your dad works. <laughs> and then in this pretend example, we'll say that a CPA named JT has Paul Rudd's account and JT bullies your dad at work about that and a bunch of other stuff. That's third degree Paul Rudd. Yeah, he like steals your dad's snacks from the work fridge uh-huh. and like hides his stapler and like frames him for murder. God, what a guy. Where was I? Yeah. Relics. Third degree. <laughs> relics. Um, you have to have a relic to have a church, basically. Right, yeah. And the relic uh, doesn't need to be associated with the saint that the church is named for. Yeah, Oof. that can make it difficult. Yeah. Um, most Catholics have no idea what relic was used to consecrate the altar in their church. Let's really? just Yeah, let's just huh. say that. Okay, let's say that. Uh, relics are a big business. The pilgrimage has been a big part of Christianity since the 4th century. Oh, yeah. And the notion was that the pilgrim could go on this spiritual journey. He or she had to visit sites connected with the life and resurrection of Jesus and then later with the lives of the saints. They're like, all right, we're kind of running out of stuff for you to see with Jesus. Let's throw some more saints. Broaden it out. Cast a wider net. Because <laughs> if you can't make it to the Holy Land, what are you going to do? <laughs> so uh, in taking the journey, the pilgrim would have all this time to reflect on a lot of things. Life, purpose, sin, redemption, sandwich toppings, <laughs> the shift from hair metal loot music to grunge loot music. <laughs> Open-toed versus closed-toed sandals. Yes, there's so much there and there's I so much you. to think no, about. You got, you got miles to think. Yeah, well, and as always, there was always a financial angle with the pilgrimage. So... A pilgrim on a route to see a major relic, like the shrine to St. James the Great in Santiago de Compostela in Spain. Sure. They would walk or maybe like on horseback or in a cart. Mm. I don't know how they live. It took ages, though. Sure. And they'd get really tired. Uh, They'd sit on like a low wall and take off those weird leather peasant boots and like rub their feet. (laughs) And then one guy would say to the other, are thy dogs barking? My dogs are sparking. You know. really thought about this. I really did. And so if I lived in like London Uh in medieval times, um, I would be a badass there, by the way. Oh, you Like I'd rule the streets with my no-nonsense, take-no-prisoner style. Yeah. And also your understanding of things like how to make fire easily. And I'd be like a foot taller. Yeah, exactly. All your strong bones and... (laughs) Anywho, um, I'd join up with like a uh, a bunch of other pilgrims, right? And I'd be like, let's go to Santiago de Compostela. And they'd be like, you said it, lady. I do whatever you say. I'm like, come on. <laughs> so I'm doing it for the Lord, but I'm also doing it for the clout. Posse up. So we'd catch a boat in Brighton. We'd make our way across to France. Le Boyoyoing. Ah, the oui. Ouf la la. Ah, merci. Um, there'd be stops at churches and cathedrals along the way. Like, hey. Like roadside attraction churches? Oh, yeah, totally. They'd be like nine flavors of beef jerky. I'm like, oh, let's go. The biggest host in France. Totally. So it's a real party atmosphere, right? I'm doing the whole Pokemon catch them all thing. Okay. Yeah. These, I'm with you it. know, yeah. like I want to peep all the relics. <laughs> So if a church has a good relic, like top-notch, mm-hmm. um, they could draw more people, people who uh, would make a donation, mm-hmm. people who would spend money on food, shelter, maybe some goods in the towns, souvenirs and such. So these really are roadside attractions. Oh, yeah. They're no. just trying to get them to stop and maybe stop stay at my hotel, buy, get buy some like, gas. Buy like one of those caps with a feather in it yeah. or <laughs> like mylar balloons shaped like aliens. <laughs> Did they do that? Cotton candy. Um, so foot traffic equaled cash. 
So it paid not just spiritually, but also financially to have a good top shelf cutie relic on display. Oh, yeah. I have three tales of stolen relics for you today, Zarin. Oh, wow. My, my bucket is full. Yeah, it is. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> all of them took place within a year of each other. And okay. all of them took place in Ireland. Oh, yeah. We'll start in Tipperary. Bye, in Bogota. It's a long way to Tipperary, you know? I do not know. It's also a long way to the top if you want to rock and roll. I took the low road. You can take the high mm-hmm. road. I'll meet you in... <laughs> We're in Tipperary, um, near Cashel, to be exact. So there's a monastery there called Holy Cross Abbey. It gets its name from a fragment of the True Cross, or you can say Holy Rood, um, that is kept there. The supposed actual cross upon which Christ was crucified, when we say the True Cross. So I guess that would be a second-degree relic, although it seems like maybe there's like a system override that moves it to a first-degree, because that's important. there's blood on it. That's true. First degree. That's true. But what if it's like one of the pieces from the back? Well, you know, maybe it was like, I don't know. That's a tough call, Elizabeth. I think we need to have a a Pope in on this one. Yeah, I think we would have him tap in. I got to say that there are a lot of supposed pieces of the true cross out there. Yeah, there was in the church I grew up in. And I feel like if we gathered them all up and tried to piece the cross back together again, it would be like 50 feet wide and 100 feet tall. I think it would reach the moon. I think that would be a cross so big. It would be hundreds. Yeah. Um, Oral Roberts used to talk about like large crosses. I think Oral Roberts would be impressed. What I'm trying to say here is I question the veracity of these pieces of the cross. Okay? I'm just <laughs> no. going to say it. But Elizabeth. That's, that's between me and the man upstairs. This is why it requires faith. Well, and I, when I say the man upstairs, I'm talking about the guy that lives in the ventilation ducts here at Ridiculous Crime <laughs> Headquarters. Holy Cross Abbey. Yes. Um, because of this important relic, the abbey became a place of medieval pilgrimage. And they just, like, put one of those floppy, dancing, inflatable guys, like, at a car dealership out yeah. in front. And then they had, and, like, like, a donkey walking in a circle to keep it yes, flapping. Yes, exactly. Um, people came from all over to lay eyes on this thing. And then something horrible happened. Oh, someone stole it. So it got burned down. No, Oliver Cromwell happened. Oh, that <laughs> so is something bad. He invaded. He and his goons occupied Ireland for nine months in yeah. 1650. But the parliamentarian conquest of Ireland went on for, like, another three years. Meanwhile, the abbey fell into complete disrepair. Hmm. Uh, The relic was saved, though. Monks relocated it to a secret spot. They carried it away. In the meantime, though, the roof of the abbey fell in, and then the building itself was turned into a cemetery. Wait, the building was turned (laughs) into a cemetery? They're like, you know what? It's a total loss. Let's just... (laughs) That doesn't even make sense. (laughs) Yes, it does. Okay, sure. Yes, it does. It, was it a dirt? Were they pulling the stones up to rebury? I think it all just crumbled, so and they like just like moved like, stuff out of the way. The walls crumbled, and okay, they're like, well, sure. "All right, all right, let's just put some." This looks spooky. Like Bob died. We can put him here. <laughs> exactly. All right. So, in 1880, the Irish government declared it a national monument, and that was just for preservation. It wasn't to make it back into a church. But then, in 1969, the Doyle Aaron, which is the People's House of the Irish Legislature, they said that the abbey could be restored back into a place of worship. Vatican stoked on this. <laughs> like they got the news from like high fiving each other and moonwalking and stuff. Although it was 69, so they invented the moonwalk. Um, they sent like a gift basket basically of to like celebrate this. Gold and incense Edible and myrrh, arrangements. frankincense. <laughs> no, they sent two authentic relics of the Holy Cross as part of the restoration. Wow. They're like, I see your one and I raise you two. Wow, double down on it. Yeah, well, they give them three. So now they got the Trinity of Holy Cross. Uh-huh. You know, they're, they're big on the threes. Exactly. So all these fragments of the Holy Rood, they're kept in a steel cabinet in the church. you got to be safe. 
Then in late September 2011, the keys to the cabinet were stolen. Hmm. Bum, bum, bum. The church was security-minded, of course, and so they had the locks changed. Are you relieved? Not entirely, no. So don't be. Um, <laughs> on the evening of October 11th, 2011, three men arrived at the church in an SUV. Okay. You know, as you do. Yeah. Two of the they, men— They got some hardcore praying to do. <laughs> well, two of the men, they walk in, they've got their faces covered. Balaclavas. You're like, mm, that's mm. not really proper. It was a church. cold night, and they had some hardcore praying to do. <laughs> exactly. Uh, they were only in there for a few minutes, um, but they made those minutes count. Darren. They prayed quickly. They used an angle grinder, a weed grinder. <laughs> they used a hammer, perhaps a thermal lance. They're Power, everywhere these powerful days. Powerful jack is also a good call. And at the very least, they used a screwdriver um, to do it. And what? To They managed to get into the case. Oh, Darn it. They, just like Nike. Yep, they exactly. They just did it. So these thieves in the night, they made off with the three fragments of the one true cross. The piece originally presented to the church in the 1100s. Uh-huh. The two fragments supplied by the Vatican. Uh-huh. Just out of curiosity, if you're going to steal parts of, like, the true cross, and, like, it doesn't matter if you're a believer mm-hmm, or not, mm-hmm. who are you planning on selling that That's to? such a good question. If a person's like, hey, I want to buy a stolen cross, you're like, you're not a Christian, I'm imagining? <laughs> I mean, like, I just don't, like... You know and what? So that I imagine non-Christians are not the ideal buyers for the true... I mean, so who, who is? Who? Anyway, That's a good question. I'm just curious over um, here. But these these pieces, they weren't just like sitting in a dish. They, inside the case... <laughs> Candy dish. Just, yeah, you know. Uh, the original fragment was in a very elaborate silver cross that's called a monstrance. Um, and that was, that was in the 14th century that that was created. And then the other two fragments, they were in a cross-shaped container called a cruciform. And that was made of gold and bronze. So we're talking like a tiny Iron Maiden. Yes. But just for a cross. <laughs> yes. Okay. So... The men left with their loot, and they drove to a neighboring town. Mm -hmm. Uh, They did what I always do when I'm visiting a neighboring town. Get snacks? No, they pulled off the road, and they set the car on fire. Oh, right, right. That is what you always do. Every time. That is getting so expensive when we travel. I go through cars like you wouldn't believe. Yeah, I was like, I am not Um, doing any more business travel with you. This is ridiculous. (laughs) So witnesses said that they saw a sedan speeding away from that scene. Mm -hmm. It was pretty obvious to the cops, or as they call them, the guardy. Um, at the and the parish priest, that this was a very targeted theft. Yeah, it seems like it. You didn't take anything else. They're burning cars. Well, the relics are priceless, and there's not a way to move them. So hey, there's no supplier. You can't put them up at the flea market. I mean, you just, know, anyway, what are you going to do? Like, what Russian billionaire you're selling your stolen Monet to is like, hey, by the way, I got some true cross if you want to. <laughs> Maybe in on they'd that. be in on that. So the parish, they're devastated. They decided we're just going to pray on it. You know what? Uh, what else can they do? Yeah. They put their let trust... go, let God. You know what are you going to do? <laughs> exactly. Jesus, take the wheel. <laughs> they put their trust in the guardian and hope for the best. Three months later, the guardy come to the church and they ask the priest, Psst, "Pals, <laughs> are these your relics?" <laughs> and they were. There what? they were. The two large crosses containing the missing fragments of the true cross. The guardy had been investigating this theft nonstop. They did stakeouts. They searched hill and dale, and somehow they recovered the missing relics. And how uh, was something that they didn't want to share. They didn't want to tell how they did this. <laughs> they just found it. They, they were don't, just don't like, ask. we it searched and searched and we found them. And everyone's like, where, how? Like, don't worry about yeah. it. And it wasn't cops. Just the, don't ask any more questions. Like, guess what? The relics, they're undamaged. They required some more cleaning. Uh-huh. So uh, now I really want to know where did you find these things. As to these thieves, uh, the last report state no arrests had been made. Huh. So somehow they find them. The so church they find... Uh, this raises so many questions. Okay. The church gets them back. They pr- create a more secure display. 
No one was arrested. So I'm not sure if the perpetrators were like quietly arrested because there's no public announcement of it or if they got away with it. But I do know that they're in a world of trouble both in this one and the next. Dude, seriously, but also like... I guess it's just like the, all things with the church. You just have to take it on faith. Like this yeah, happened. Like, okay, much. all right. Yeah. And suspend disbelief. Sure. Exactly. All right, I'm with so it. So why don't you suspend your disbelief and we'll take oh, a break. you put me in limbo like that. <laughs> and then when we come back, I'm going to tell you about another relic theft that raises the stakes a little bit more. Heck yeah. Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? Shh. Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. As you know, the world can be a dangerous and unpredictable place. With every crime I've studied, I've learned one thing. Your best line of defense is your vigilance and preparation. You don't want to worry. You just want peace of mind. That's why I recommend Simply Safe Home Security. For every ridiculous robbery and theft we talk about, it's pretty obvious the crimes could be avoided with a solid security system. A good home security system keeps people prepared and aware. Simply Safe is that system. It was named Best Home Security Systems 2024 by U.S. News and World Report. And it doesn't just protect your home from crime, it also alerts you to fire, floods, and other emergencies. They offer sensors and cameras backed by 24 7 professional monitoring for less than a dollar a day. There are no contracts, and there's a 60 day money back guarantee. Get 20% off any new Simply Safe system when you sign up for Fast Protect Monitoring. Just visit simplysafe.com/ridiculouscrime. That's simplysafe.com/ridiculouscrime. There's no safe like Simply Safe. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Zarin. Elizabeth. We've talked about the relics that are fragments of the true cross, yep. the holy rood. Yep. And we know that body parts sometimes fall off and then they <laughs> fall into the category of first degree relics. We do know this. I want to talk body parts now. You always want to talk wanna, body parts. I want to talk shop. I'm like, let's talk politics. You're like, can we talk body I parts? I want to talk about Again. body parts. But um, first, let's talk about the owner of the body. Okay. <laughs> Meet St. Bridget. Say ah. hi, Bridget. Hi, Bridget. Uh, St. Bridget of Kildare is the mother saint of Ireland. All right. There are three national Irish saints, Bridget, mm-hmm. Patrick, Padraig. and Columba. And Columba. Bridget was born in 451. Good year I was for just saints. a girl then. Yeah, you were, what, like 72? Six, six or seven. Yeah. Uh, anyway, her mother was apparently a picked slave, and her father was a chieftain. Hmm. 
Now, it should be said that there is scholarly dispute as to whether she was even a real person. Oh, okay. Because, like, Bridget is also the name of a Celtic goddess. Mm -hmm. And so Bridget the goddess is associated with poetry, animals, protection, but so is St. Bridget. Basically, St. Bridget had all the qualities of the Celtic goddess, and her feast day, which is Imbolc, um, that's also the Gaelic festival that marks the beginning of spring. Okay, so, so it's kind of like they just crafted. We, yeah, we know that the Catholic Church often incorporated indigenous traditions and figures into their whole thing in order to bring that indigenous population into the fold. Mm-hmm. So it seems to many that maybe there was a real woman who was a nun and her saintly story was enriched with the Celtic stories to make for like a mega saint. So just imbued with Yeah, all she the... was like a Voltron saint <laughs> of just all these pieces. And then she, oh. So according to historical accounts, St. Bridget's mom was not married to the chief. When she got pregnant, the chieftain's wife made her husband sell Bridget's mom to a druid. That sounds super funny, but it's not, but it also still sounds funny. <laughs> she got sold to a druid. I was wondering why you're making that face over there. <laughs> she got sold to a druid. Um, so she was born into slavery to this druid. He tried his best to take care of her. Um, this is of Bridget. Mm-hmm. When he would try and feed her, though, she would just barf on him because he was so impure. She's like, I can't eat that. You're dirty. Blech. I don't want these roots and tubers. And he'd, stuff. Like, he'd give her Pop-Tarts and she'd just like, <laughs> spew them back at him. No worries. You know what? She didn't starve to death, though, because there was this white cow uh-huh. with red ears nearby who came over and fed her. That happened to me once. Oh, it's like, okay, like Romulus and Remus with the wolf feeding yeah. them. And they're just like, oh, yeah, if you get fed by an animal, no, totally well, like, holy. No, when it was me, I was so hungry. And the cow just like, w- I just wanted to give up. The cow comes up, hands me a Luna bar. It's like, <laughs> hang on, girl. You can make it. We Come can on. do this. Just here, climb on back and enjoy that High Luna five bar. five me. So as she grew up, Bridget started performing miracles. Okay. Uh, the great thing about her miracles is that they pretty much... Just involved her giving away other people's stuff. <laughs> She's like the Robin Hood of miracles. Yeah, but it's not even that. Like, so uh, she gave away all her mom's butter. Oh, it's not even like rich no. people. It's just like someone close to yeah. her. And then, like, so she's like, you know what? Have the butter. The mom's like, wait, what? Ugh. Miracle. Miracle I, one. And yeah, so everyone she, saw that. that she's counts. like, I've worked so hard on churning. My arms are exhausted. And Bridget's like, hold up. Watch this. And, like, praise and praise, more butter appears. Oh, so the real miracle was the, the replacement the butter. butter. It's she's the, like, I can't believe this is butter. I can't believe it is actually butter. <laughs> so after the butter incident, uh, she was sold back to the chieftain, her father. Wait, wait, so do, do the, we know about more of her miracles? Oh, yeah, you're going to find out. Oh, okay, cool. So, yeah, they're like, get rid of this butter thief. Like, here, you take her. <laughs> and she's like 10 years old at this point. So the dad welcomes her back in and is like, oh, you know what? My long lost daughter, now you're my servant. You know, as you do. So wait, so, the, the, the dad, the not chieftain. the druid, the chieftain. Yeah. Okay. So they were like, the druid and the mom are like, she's just destroying our butter she's industry. She's a wanton butter Yeah, she's disruptor. like, get her out of here. Okay. She still performed miracles, though. So she would go around donating all of the chieftain's stuff all the time. <laughs> now she's got a new supply. She'd be like, oh, you're, you're, you're cold? Here, have this amazing fur jacket. Yeah, it took him like three seasons to collect yeah. all this. You'll love it. Well, and the chieftain, he's getting irritated because all of his belongings miraculously wind up in the hands of others. So he takes Bridget to the ki- to this king. He's like, hey, buddy, you want to buy my daughter? <laughs> she, king, does, she does miracles. She's, she's miraculous. The king's like, I like a good deal. So they're like negotiating a price. But while they're haggling, Bridget gave away the chieftain's sword to a beggar so that the guy could go buy food. <laughs> and then the king and the chieftain, they stopped and stared at Bridget like, is this the end for this charitable lass? no. The king was so impressed with her holiness that he convinced the chieftain to just let her go. 
So the, I love that the king's like, she gave away your sword. That is so holy. You should just give like, her away. You should just give her away. <laughs> like, that, like, the, the, this is such a low bar for holy. Like, give away butter, but more butter appears. <laughs> someone else's Give away stuff. someone else's sword. I mean, this is like the Father Guido Sarducci with the, like, I heard two of his miracles were card tricks. <laughs> yes. So she becomes a nun. Okay. She's Naturally. So she founds a monastery, which just so happens to be located right on top of the pagan shrine to Bridget, the Celtic goddess. What a coinky dink. Mm-hmm. She helps craft this religious life for women in Ireland. She created a center for learning in Kildare that later became a cathedral. Hmm. Um, she was pals with St. Patrick. That's cool. You know, they'd kick around chasing snakes, drinking green beer. I like him because he has an anti-snake policy, and I'm about I that know. life. Did you know that Bridget and Patrick, they invented green plastic shamrock necklaces? Huh. A lot of people don't know that. Yeah, I, that's a little-known fact. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. You're so welcome. Uh, when she died, a priest administered her last rites. The interesting thing is that his name, St. Nina of the Pure Hand. Hmm. Uh, how did he get such a cool name, Zaren? He was fast with that hand. Well, he had his right <laughs> hand encased in metal so that it would be always clean and pure. Wait, what? Uh-huh. He had his hand encased in metal, yeah. so he had molten metal. Well, here's the thing. Okay, so it's like or like it's kind hot of enough that early germaphobe stuff. Metal. I wonder how hygienic this was, because like either he dipped his hand in molten metal and no. the flesh underneath was just one nope. big infection. Uh-uh. That ain't happening. Or he had a hand built out of metal. He had to have the hand built out of metal. Your hand would rot at the wrist him. and fall off. Right, but let's say they like he makes it and they like they fuse it onto him, like sure. they lock it on. Yeah. But those of us who uh-huh. have worn plaster casts for broken bones sure. uh-huh. know just how ripe those get after mm-hmm. a while. Oh yeah, itchy. Oh, so yeah. maybe the hand was clean and pure on the outside, but it was just like humming on the inside. <laughs> and no one wanted to stand downwind of him. <laughs> Everyone's like, no, that's holy, bro. Just go over there with your holy hand. That's <laughs> cool. It is holy. Holy. Uh, did you smell that? <laughs> so he, he did last rites. Back to Bridget. Here are some of her miraculous greatest hits. All right. She turned water into beer. Uh, I'm, I'm giving her Probably that Probably while she was hanging out with St. Patrick. Am yeah. I right? <laughs> uh, she fell off a horse and hit her head. That's a miracle? That's not the miracle. I'll say, I've done that miracle. <laughs> she started bleeding, mm-hmm. and a young mute girl walked over and touched the blood, which, mm-hmm. creepy. Well. Get away from there. You're like, no, no. <laughs> Don't touch that. But then the girl suddenly starts talking. She, like, touches it. Oh, what's up? And then, like, she had so much to say. She's like, chatterbox. <laughs> She's got, like, nine years of pent-up words. <laughs> totally. But the blood healed her. Bridget's blood was magic juice. Yeah, I yeah. get that. You know, when I, why not? No. So there was a uh, some story about a silver brooch that was tossed into the sea, and then a fisherman caught a fish, and they found the brooch inside the fish, and then someone was freed from something. I couldn't figure it out. I gave up. Anyway, she poked her own eye out. <laughs> what? That was such a fast one. She did it to spite someone. Wait, that's not how that works, Bridget. Yeah, it is. Uh, there wasn't any water around, and her brothers were like freaking out because they wanted to rinse out her eye and try and save it. Okay, wait. All right. Okay, go on. <laughs> so she tells him, like, here, take my walking stick and just shove it in the ground, and a stream's going to appear. And then they're like, put your eye on here? Yeah, so they do it. And then it did, like a stream comes out. Okay, so they, okay. Uh-huh. And then she told the dude that she, like, to spite the guy that was messing with her, uh-huh. guess what, dude? Your eyes are going to burst in your head. And they did, Zarin. Wait, I thought her eye. Oh, yeah, poked... no, her eye was messed up. But so was <laughs> I'm so confused. The guy like, was like. Just all sorts of eye damage. Yeah, the guy's done. hassling her. She shoves a stick in her eye and was like, ah! So wait, she, okay, just to get this in, in, 
the correct order yes. from my my understanding. She takes a stick, shoves it in her own eye, hands it to someone, says, put that in the ground. Uh-huh. Water's going to come out. It does. And then she's like, that's not enough for my next magical trick. Her... I'm going to make this guy not be able to see anymore. Yeah, she splashes in her eye like she's in like a high school chem lab, like uh-huh. gently brushing it up into her eye. And then she says to the guy, now guess what? Your Wait, eyes... Is her, her eyes healed by the I, water? Yeah. Okay. And so then momentary... your eyes are next, pal. Uh-huh. And uh, what I love is she said they're going to burst in your head. And then they like Steven Spielberg burst in her head like Indiana <laughs> yes. Jones at the end. Okay. Yes. Uh-huh. I'm going to start telling people that. <sighs> your eyes are going to burst in your head. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> it might happen. So Bridget, she's a certified saint. And she's a saint. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> I, I guess the forgiveness was a big part of this, too. Was like, she was hey, doing it for reasons. You don't like reasons. it? Forgive me. Well, okay, so she dies. She's a saint. Her body parts are spiritually valuable. Okay. <laughs> she gets buried in Kildare Cathedral in 525. All right. In 878, uh-huh. Scandinavians were raiding Ireland. you damn right we were. So rude. So her remains were moved. They're like, quick. They take them to... So they did to Lindisfarne. Move it, move it. <laughs> they take her to Downpatrick uh, Cathedral, and they reburied her with St. Patrick and St. Columba. Oh, they just like, you know, oh, gangs make a all pile here. of holy bones. Mm-hmm. 1186, the remains of all three were transferred to Down Cathedral. In 1538, the relics were desecrated during the horrific Tudor conquests of Ireland, Except for Bridget's head, that is. Okay. So some monks took her head uh-huh. and fled to Austria. Wait, oh, okay. Yeah. And then about 50 years later, in 1587, her head was taken to Portugal. Like, she just went on the grand tour. Her head is really getting some the, the f- some land under the it. The front of her skull is still kept there in what? Portugal. They separated the front from the back? And mm-hmm. someone else has got, we got the back of her skull. But it, yeah, it, they're just chipping away at it. Are they using, like, it. an incense pole? Like, what know. are they doing with it? <laughs> I don't know. 1884, the Cardinal Archbishop of Sydney, he uh-huh. got one of her teeth from a church in France and gave it to some nuns in Melbourne. Wait, wait. So some dude in Australia, he's in France. He's like, let me break off a tooth. Yeah, he's like, break me off some. I got I got some gals back home. Yeah, they the love this. this. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then he's like, I got you guys something for my trip. Yeah, look, it's a tooth. Yeah. And then like a friendship bracelet. Um, in 1928, <laughs> the Bishop of Lisbon, he granted a fragment of Bridget's skull to St. Bridget's Church in Killester, which is just outside of Dublin. Sure, okay. Why so not? he's like, you guys love her. Yeah. Here, the- let me just... And he like, cracks a piece off. A little namesake for y'all. You know, it's kind of like those Easter hollow eggs, the big chocolate hollow eggs, and you just crack pieces off. Okay, I'm with that. Yeah. Yeah, uh-huh. So this brings us to oh, our second God. Irish relic now, Do you think they're using like a tiny holy hammer to break these yes. off? Like, how are you doing this? Yes. Are you just like putting it on the like altar those, and giving it a good whack? Those little toffee hammers. You know, like, seriously, you ever try to break something that doesn't even like break? Like, how, well, yeah. You get out like, hey, hand me that, uh, that meat tenderizer. Uh, like, what are you smack. using? I am going to hell after doing this yeah, show, you are, by the but way. It's anyway. right. We're going to get good seating there. <laughs> so, second Irish relic heist. Okay. Uh, January 30th, 2012. Mm-hmm. So, it's just a few days away from St. Bridget's Day, the Feast of the Saint. I love that they were able to keep all these relics safe from, like, the Tudor raids, <laughs> the know. Viking raids, and then 2012 <laughs> the, comes around. The modern era. <laughs> so... Uh, they still observe St. Bridget's Day in Ireland, and at St. Bridget's Church, where that piece of her skull can be found, it's a big deal, obviously. I bet. So the skull relic, it's attached to a cruciform and kept in a reliquary, a metal box with little double doors on the front. It's decorated with this really distinctive Celtic design on the front and the sides. On January 30th, sometime between noon and 3, it disappeared. Oh, I thought they bring it out to no. let everyone look at it. Someone, nope, just, just, someone just came in and walked out with it. Would this ruin St. Bridget's Day? 
No. No, couldn't. The relic itself had been removed from the reliquary just days before as part of general maintenance. So the thief or thieves made off with the reliquary with no relic inside. They they stole the box. They stole the box. Okay. <laughs> like they were in the back, like polishing up the yeah. piece of skull. Meanwhile, they're like, <laughs> what, tiptoeing out with a big box? You don't know. Maybe they just wanted to steal the box. Well, what they I were like, that's a sexy box. <laughs> I need that. I and want... it's like got gold. You melt it down. What I love is that St. Bridges Day went ahead as planned and the parish priest said they didn't intend to say any special prayers for its return because that's how St. Bridget would have wanted it. <laughs> she gave stuff away. There's no way she'd care about a fancy box. I caught that. I like it. I like mm-hmm. it. It's very in, in the spirit of St. Bridge. Yeah. So the trail gets cold here for us as there's no indication that the reliquary was ever located. I, I couldn't find anything about it after the theft. Oh, it really did get St. Bridgeted away. Yeah. But if you go to the church website, they have a story about how they got the relic, but not the relic theft. And there's a picture of the reliquary. So whether it was returned or maybe they had another one made, who knows? So what did they do with the the bone fragment? They just got, got a new box for it. I hope they got like a glass-sided one so other people could see, see it. see it, yeah. yeah. It's a very Bridget ending to that tale in the material goods just don't matter to the believers of Bridget's power anyway. I promised you three relic thefts. Yeah, you did. Like the three leaves of the shamrock. I want my trinity. Or the three stooges of Columbia pictures. <laughs> Or the three parts of the health triangle, physical, social, and mental. Ah. Or the three films of the Godfather trilogy. Very good. Yes. Very nice. When we come back from this break, I'll hit you with the big one. It's a story with a lot of heart. Oh, Manny, Moe, and Jack? (laughs) Mm-hmm. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. The wait is over. The shy is back on Paramount Plus, and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the South Side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash shot to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. Zarin. Elizabeth. Let's talk. All right. Let's what talk do you, what relics. Do you want? Am I in trouble? No, you're not in trouble. Okay, I'm, I'm in big trouble. St. Uh, <laughs> Lawrence O'Toole. He was born in uh, County Kildare in 1128. Ah. 
You know, there was a another Catholic school in our diocese growing up called St. Lawrence O'Toole. Slot. And we always referred to it as Slot. Yeah. I think they did, too. Oh, I've heard, we heard about oh, it. It was okay. enough so that it, it, not... made it, no, I'm saying it made it out of your diocese to enough to us, you know, a county away. We were like, oh, yeah, we know about Slot. Okay, so Slot. Anyway, yeah. Slot, the, the dude, he was an aesthetic. Uh, he wore a hair shirt. Oh, I thought you meant like he was like he had a whole vibe. No, he, he was, was an aesthetic. aesthetic. He was I'm an telling aesthetic. you, he, he was. was uh, he was he, an energy. He was. <laughs> he wore a hair shirt. He never ate meat, and he fasted regularly. Just your average LA aspiring actor, am I right? <laughs> that one didn't come out very well. No, it almost landed. But it's know. still somewhere in the ether. Yeah, but it was a vibe. So um, <laughs> he's just trying to make it in Hollywood. Slot. No, I understand. Don't fall for that, Zarin. Why would I? He was a monk. Okay. From, uh, and he was appointed abbot at the age of twenty-five. That's ambitious. Yeah. So while he so was, he was there, like super into it. Oh yeah, he's he's like all about They're that. Like, life. Just let this guy do it. Yeah. He's making everyone look bad. So when he was a monk, uh, there was this local highwayman from a royal family. Oh, he's, I would think like a like a like a bandit, like a highway woman. Yeah, no, like a, yeah. Oh, it is. Yeah, oh, a okay. bandit, and maybe not like you know Willie Nelson highwayman. Yeah, Chris Christopherson. Um, and... He, he was a bad guy uh-huh. uh, from a royal family. He's going around and killing men and defiling women and robbing clergy, just keeping everyone in terror. Oh, okay. I thought it was a highway woman. No. No. Anyway. Slot heard about this. Mm-hmm. He didn't get angry. No. He got sad. <laughs> he got really, sad. really sad. He made his hair shirt weep. Oh, yeah. So he went into the church and he began to fast. Uh-huh. I mean, who could eat it? Who could <laughs> eat at a time like I'm that? I'm going to fast about it. Yeah. So he prayed over and over for God to save his people. And pretty soon the highwayman was captured, blinded by a group of guys, and then he died. I mean, just on his own, I guess. So is is that God's will? I the suppose. whole thing? Is that what we're supposed to take from this story? Is... So then another time the area was under attack by a gang of thieves. Uh-huh. So one day this group ran up on a procession carrying consecrated Eucharistic hosts. Okay. And the thieves attacked the people and then took the hosts and smashed them in their mouth. So smashed they, him up like Cookie the, Monster. Yeah, so they basically stole Jesus. Pretty much, they it, stole the they body. They believe it's the body it's of the Christ, body. so they stole. And the they've body. been consecrated. Yeah, and, then, and they're just like cracking up, like me love body of Christ, <laughs> like Cookie Monster. Yeah, <laughs> spraying it everywhere. <laughs> just pieces of Jesus. Popping yeah, up. it was horrible. It was <laughs> disgusting. Slot jumped into action. Oh yeah. And by that, I meant he went to go fast and pray again. <laughs> but he didn't go alone this time. This time, he brought the clerics into his church to pray with him nonstop, twenty four seven prayer party people just going hard at it oh man let's go not eat about it <laughs> so soon enough the gang was captured by servants of the king and hanged within sight of lawrence's church okay once again so he's he was familiar with the thieves and those thieves getting their comeuppance mm-hmm. um, it should be noted that slot never prayed for vengeance he prayed, i was wondering because i'm like no it's like jesus going yeah man get him well, mess no. him up dude. he prayed for liberation okay. which is what we all should pray for really right, yeah so according to him it was god's choice to deal out the vengeance and he and god took in that this choice. case he liberated them from the mortal coil yeah yeah okay. and his people were liberated from the terror as the Archbishop of Dublin, he was known for his discipline, his generosity to the poor, and his skill in negotiations. So he died in November of 1180 in Normandy, France, and he was canonized in 1225 because of miracles that were said to have happened in his tomb. Um, oh, really? Funny business. In 1442, <laughs> his skull was brought to England. But then it disappeared during the Protestant Reformation. Yes. And then it popped back up where it was originally in Normandy, and it's still there today, his skull. 
Okay. At some point, his heart was separated from the rest of his body and brought to Christ Church Cathedral in Dublin. Now, was it encased in anything? It's just organic? At that, I don't know when it, uh, uh, in transit, yeah. what it was like, if it was just like wet in a sack. I don't know. <laughs> I was just curious. You it's kind of dry at that point, I suppose. Who knows? I'm figuring they, they pickled it or well, they do. something it, like that. So Christ Church Cathedral is interesting because it's now an Anglican cathedral. Oh. It's the seat of the Church of Ireland in Dublin. However... The Vatican says that Christ Church is the rightful seat of the Roman Catholic Archbishop of Dublin. Hmm. But the Archbishop of Dublin uses St. Mary's Cathedral in Dublin as his acting cathedral. Okay. So it's like leftover back and forth from the Reformation. Either way, Slot's heart is kept at Christ Church Cathedral. The Anglicans, they aren't as relic heavy as the Catholics, but they can, you know, they can still get down with it a little bit. <laughs> they like to boogie, do the old body boogie. <laughs> Zarin, yes. close your eyes. Oh, I was wondering. <laughs> I want closed. you to picture it. It's March 2012, Dublin, Christ Church Cathedral. You've got a good job cleaning the cathedral and testing out its acoustics. It's evening time and just two worshipers remain in the pews, mouthing their silent prayers. You quietly whistle as you dust the stone sills under the great stained glass windows. You let out a little fart. You can't help it. You had four bowls of granola for lunch. You blush and head over to grab some beeswax to polish some of this wood and maybe mask the scent of your little tutor. You realize you actually have to use the bathroom. That was just a warning shot. You rush to the exit, the heavy doors of the church thudding behind you. We'll give you some privacy as you rush to the church offices and the bathroom they're in, but I can say that you were in there for a while. So I'm going to need some prayer time. Yeah, you are. When you emerge, it's been two hours and it's pretty late. (laughs) (laughs) You quickly lock up the doors and you head home. No more granola for you. Uh, What you didn't do was look inside the church, like really look around. Those two worshipers you you saw in there, those weren't actually worshipers. They were thieves, Zarin. Oh, no. Thieves. Uh, Once you locked everything up and it was nice and silent, they made their move. There's a little side chapel in the cathedral that's dedicated to St. Lawrence O'Toole. In the chapel is an iron cage bolted to the wall. I need to note that on the perpendicular wall is a very strange painting of maybe Jesus. I'm going to put it on Instagram along with some other pictures of the scene just to make it all clearer for you. But this is like a sensual Jesus, your own sensual Jesus. Really? He looks like a pretentious kind of wannabe poet hipster who's just emerged from the shower with a towel around his waist. And he's, like, waxing ineloquent about how people don't appreciate beauty anymore. (laughs) That's kind of what it looks like. Okay. So there's there's an iron cage uh, bolted to the stone wall. Inside that iron cage is a wooden heart-shaped box, which you've been in for weeks. Uh, (laughs) That heart-shaped box is chained to the wall with a big old iron chain. Inside that wooden heart-shaped box is the heart of St. Lawrence O'Toole. The thieves crept into the side chapel. They cut open the bars, probably with a thermal lance, if I had to guess. Um, and they pried the bars apart, probably with a ratchet, if I had to guess. <laughs> Have you mentioned on here how annoyed you get that I call most tools ratchets? No, never once mentioned it. No, I don't think Anything so. Anything that goes crack, 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 that's a ratchet. <laughs> Hand me a ratchet. <laughs> so anyway, the thieves cut the chain attached to the heart-shaped box, and off they went with that heart-shaped box, 
Uh, they had a new complaint and were forever in debt to your priceless advice. These are some super Nirvana fans. You're I'm gonna liking them. You're going to get this em. song in your head. Um, <laughs> they didn't steal anything else. They didn't take the gold candlesticks and the chalices that were like right there. They didn't touch anything but the heart. They just cooled out until morning time. And then there you are, Zarin, refreshed after a good night's sleep, opening the doors of the cathedral to all visitors. And without setting off any alarms and having not needed to force entry or exit, they strolled right on out into the lovely Dublin morning. Mm. So they hid out all night. As you walk through the cathedral, you notice something strange. The two peace candles on the altar are lit, and you could have sworn they were out when you left last mm. night. So you shrug, go about your business. Soon enough, though, it's discovered that the heart is gone. A church spokeswoman released the statement, they specifically targeted this. They wanted the heart of St. Lawrence O'Toole. <laughs> you, like, you think? <laughs> anyway. Uh, so this was a major crazy heist. What could you possibly do with that heart? Like, you'd have to be a believer to take it. Um, I could put it on eBay and sell it to a huge Nirvana fan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, you couldn't sell it. And since it's such a specifically Irish relic, mm-hmm. I don't think there's interest from organized crime outside the island. No, no. I'm not. I'm thinking only fans taking it out of the context of the church and then yeah. turning it into, like, Kurt Cobain wrote about this. <laughs> Buy this. You know, like, I think then I could really get some money. Well, so the heart's gone. The iron cage is empty. Mm-hmm. Years go by. Six, to be exact. Whoa. And then a break. So the Guardi DCI Pickles on the case, uh-huh, <laughs> recovered the heart in Phoenix Park in Dublin. Ah, the park okay. is huge, by I've the way. I've never been there. The president's residence is there. Oh. That's Michael D. Higgins. I have met him. I almost almost killed him at the UN by mistake. <laughs> I ran into him, like literally ran. He's really short. Yeah. I, I came fast. You know, I walk fast. Yeah. So I came around a corner. All of a sudden, I ran over the like, and the the, the the security couldn't even get to me. That's how quick I got to him. Yeah. Anyway, well, so yeah, he's a cool guy. He's, Real, a, he's super got chill. That. He's like, oh, it's all right. And like, he's got oh, that sorry. adorable dog that he takes Dude, everywhere. Dude, I mean, the guy is super cool. And he has a poet's heart. He does, Elizabeth. He does. Um, there's also a zoo. He also forgave me. He did. Yeah. See? Uh, there's a zoo in the park. Uh-huh. Um, there are monuments, gardens. There's a lot of deer. There are oh, a lot of deer in cool. there. Oh, that's cool. Lawns, woody glens. There's a fort. I love a good glen. I'm just telling you all about Phoenix Park. Uh, <laughs> the police wouldn't give specifics as to where in the park they found it or how they came to know to look there. I like how they never want to say. No, they never do. They just said it was following a, quote, intelligence-led investigation. <laughs> the investigation is underway, so we can't comment on it. Yeah. You have the item. Well, we still can't comment but on it. But leave it to the tabloids to spill the dirt. Nice. UK they, tabloids. They get to the heart of the matter. Excellent. Uh, enter the Irish Daily Mail. Yes, it's owned by the same parent company as the British Daily Mail. I was wondering, okay. Yeah. So, you know the Daily Mail, they'll pay for information and use all sorts of crooked methods they'll to get details. They'll hack a phone. Oh, totally. Uh, well, I think that's disgusting, I'm here to share with you what they found. Okay. <laughs> so, come to find out, a, quote, well-known criminal and a relative of his are suspected of being behind the theft. Uh, the Guardi heard from an anonymous member of the traveler community that the culprits were willing and able to return the relic. Hmm. Here's a side note about travelers. They're often called gypsies, which is not correct. They have no relation to the Roma people, and gypsy is a slur. Mm -hmm. Uh, They are genetically Irish going back, but they split off so severely in the 1600s that they're becoming genetically distinct from the rest of Ireland. So they are a subpopulation of Irish Mm -hmm. that have always been Irish, and they don't have the the Roma population in their genes. no connection. Yeah, They speak English, or sometimes a language called Shelta, which is a mixture of English and Irish, and they're generally Catholic. They're widely discriminated against. 
Uh, they work a lot with dogs and horses and deal in scrap metal. Think mm-hmm. the guy mov- Richie movie Snatch yeah. or the Shelby family and Peaky Blinders. Uh-huh. So a member of the traveler community got in touch with the cops and the thieves wanted to return the heart. Wow. That's they reached out. Why? It seems the men who stole it thought it brought bad luck. I like it. It's really bad luck to steal a saint's heart. Uh, Multiple family members of theirs had died from heart issues since they stole the heart. Whoa, the face I just made? Uh Six years of myocardial infarctions could have been avoided in their families. But no, (laughs) they had to steal a heart. Dude, that's the woo that makes me go, whoa. I know, seriously. This is like now, like... This is why I'm afraid what's going to happen to me after I (laughs) tell all these jokes. Wait, did you steal these jokes? Yes. Uh, It turned out that these two guys had been arrested shortly after the heart was first stolen, but they Mm -hmm. were released because they didn't have enough to hold them. Oh, interesting. Um, There's no word on whether they were rearrested upon the drop-off of the heart in the park. Maybe the fuzz thought they'd already paid the price. I think so. I I think think they paid a pretty steep price. Yeah. So those are my three relic thefts for you. What is your ridiculous takeaway? If you're going to get a metal hand, you want to make sure it's something that other people are going to go, oh, man, you got that stank hand. Because I hadn't thought about that. I, I considered a metal hand, but I'd never considered that, you know, like, I don't want to have the stank hand, you too. I thought it would look so cool. Everyone would be like, oh, look, it's there. You got the bejeweled hand. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> I'm like, when I walk away, they're like, did you smell that hand? I so know. I, you gave me a lot to think about, which is ridiculous. That's what I try. Uh, that's it for today. That's all I have. <laughs> That was a good one. Thank you. You can find us online at Ridiculous Crime on both Twitter and Instagram. Email us at RidiculousCrime at gmail.com. Leave a talk back on the iHeart app. Tune in next time. Ridiculous Crime is hosted by Elizabeth Dutton and Zarin Burnett. Produced and edited by Dave Couston's sainted, desiccated thumb. Research is by beneficent abbess Marissa Brown and sister Andrea Song Charpentier. The theme song is by bedraggled altar boys Thomas Lee and Travis Dutton. Executive producers are brother Ben Bolin and father Noel Brown. I heard two of them were card tricks. Ridiculous crime. Say it one more time. Ridiculous crime. Ridiculous crime is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. From BBC Radio Four, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my god, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. 
With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org.